Hey there, fellow pop culture nerds, Christian from the Proton Pack podcast here. Tony and I recently made the transition to host our podcast at anchor.fm, and they made switching from our previous podcast host an absolute breeze. Whether you're old pros like us or new to the podcast game, Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. In fact, you don't even need the complete tech setup that we use. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free. That includes creation tools allowing you to record and edit your podcast, which you can do right from your phone or computer, and it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. And as you gain traction with your show, you can easily make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. And welcome to the very first episode of 2019 from the Proton Pack podcast. Uh, still hard to say, but uh, we're back with a new one. Uh, my name is Christian, and with me as always is the pallbearer to my undertaker, Tony. Say hey, Tone. Oh, yes. Hi, Chris, undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I did that, but I had to channel my inner Paul Bear there. I was hoping that you would do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yes. He was always one of the weirdest characters. <laughs> he freaking was. He really was. <laughs> well, this is something new. We don't talk about wrestling much uh, on the podcast, but uh, there is a very good reason why I made that reference. Um in this particular case. Um, so without further ado, we'll go ahead and get on into it. Um, making that reference and going back to wrestling and WWE, or for those of you who are old enough and remember the old uh, WWF and not worldwide uh, or world <laughs> wildlife fund. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, you smell what the panda is cooking. There you go. <laughs> Uh, those of you who remember old school wrestling uh, certainly remember Mean Gene Okerlund. He was uh, the iconic announcer, backstage interviewer, uh, probably most prominent around the time of uh, Hulk Hogan and uh, uh, well, you Macho know Man. Something mean Gene. <laughs> and Macho Man Randy Savage. Um, yeah, 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 that's right. Uh, yep. Mean Gene. Oh, yeah, I'm telling you, Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Dig it. <laughs> Those were the glory days of wrestling. Um, they really but, were. Yeah. I mean, with that being said, unfortunately, Mean Gene Okerlund uh, passed away earlier in the month. Um, Unfortunately, they don't say what the cause of death is, and he was relatively young. I mean, he was 76 years old, not old by any means, but uh, yeah, you know, for somebody who grew up with that old school wrestling, it was sad to see that, uh, you know, Mean Gene passed away. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I remember he also had a really crappy chain of burger joints. Um, 
Did he really? He did. There was a road trip that Adam and I went on back in 1998 from Fort Collins to uh, Reno. Uh, We were coming home. We stopped at a Mean Gene Okerlund's Burger Joint somewhere in Wyoming. And I remember Adam was like, we got to eat there because it's Mean Gene Okerlund. And, uh, of course, Adam wasn't a wrestling fan. At least he never said he was. I mean, I was at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, we stopped and ate there. And it was the crappiest freaking burger we've ever had. It was terrible. (laughs) I remember we got a – maybe it was a – I'll just make fun of it because I don't know what kind of burger it was, but maybe it was like a honky tonk man burger or something like that. And, uh, with some <laughs> ultimate warrior cheese sauce, um, and none of that's true, but, uh, but I remember eating it and we both looked at each other and we were just in disgust with how gross the burger was that it gave us gas, um, from all the way to Wyoming to Salt Lake city, Utah. I think we were blowing ass on rapid succession. Thanks to mean gene. <laughs> his legacy lives on it does like this would be a great time if we actually had sound bites for uh for our podcast if we could like edit it in if we had a producer and they could just throw in a bunch of wrestling quotes like with rick flair and savage and hogan um always great with old mean gene <laughs> i guess if i had more time on my uh hands i'd i'd be able to do that but uh i i don't have that time so <laughs> no, no, no you guys can just youtube it you're, you're fine you should go back and youtube some macho man randy savage and and mean gene you uh interviews man classic but yeah those were some of the best now have you tried watching uh, wwe recently yeah it's terrible i can't do it i cannot do it I, I can't either. I like the old stuff. Like I can go on YouTube and kind of get lost and watch stuff we grew up with, whether it was, um, you know, early, early WWF um, or uh, the the stuff that was on when we were in high school. Like, oh, the savage, like uh, the NWO and D-Generation X and all that, the Attitude Era. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny that you mentioned wrestling, though, like if you can watch it. um there is actually a new wrestling promotion that they just announced with our friend of the show, Chris Jericho. He's he's launching a uh, a new promotion. Is it all Japanese? Well, that'd be wrestling? sweet. I think it's gonna be tied with New Japan. Yeah, it's all okay. elite wrestling. It's him and uh, Dusty Rhodes' son, Cody Rhodes. Um, they're supposed to make it more realistic based. Like they'll actually try to put it along the lines of the UFC. Obviously it's going to be scripted and it's it's gotta be, it's entertainment, but they're kind of, kind of make it more of that. You less hokey and soap opery and more like what we grew up watching, even though we kind of watched, I don't know if we watched soap opera stuff. We just watched a bunch of circus characters wrestle. It was (laughs) weird. I mean, it had its soap opera moments, but uh, you know, now it's just too much. Um, I don't know where you sort of fell out of it, uh, but for me, it was, you know, right towards when uh, NWO started at uh, WCW. And then uh, didn't they come back to the WWE um, as like Degeneration X? And then after that, I was I didn't follow it anymore. Didn't follow. Yeah, no, I I quit watching it. Yeah. I'll watch, like I said, I'll see things like on YouTube and I'll sporadically watch old stuff. 
I I like watching everyone bitch about one another because I remember you and I were Bret Hart fans and I remember going to a WCW show with you, two of them actually, right? <laughs> yeah. Like we were on we were on WCW Thunder and we were sitting right between or right behind Bobby the Brain Heenan and uh, Tony Schiavone and we were holding that Get Well Cassie sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So terrible stuff. Um, but as far as following it, following it, it's been probably it's it's been a long time it's i see stuff here and there but yeah not so much it's not quite the same for me i i think i have tried to watch it like with ronda rousey and kind of see what's going on and i'm like yeah nah <laughs> uh, it's all right you know it's there's a whole new generation that loves it they can have it i'll keep my fond memories of uh you know the stuff that i grew up with Yes, the macho man. There ain't no one like him. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, that does it for our very first uh, wrestling talk on the uh, podcast. It uh, might movie... be the last one. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we're getting at that point where a lot of these guys are getting up there in age. And if anything, we'll probably mostly be talking about uh, people passing away, unfortunately. Right. Or or John Cena and The Rock, the their movies, they're both they're both movie stars, so yeah, those will come up. But well, and they've sort of transcended the whole wrestling thing into being, you know, legitimate movie actors, right? Which something Hulk Hogan could not do. No, no, Mister <laughs> Danny. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on to uh, the other parts of television. Uh, it's no secret that I'm a fan of the CW uh, DC series, and it was announced back in November that John Cryer was going to be playing or appearing as Lex Luthor in Supergirl. And uh, when I first heard about it, I wasn't quite sure you know, how that would be. I know John Cryer's been bald for years now, so you know, obviously there's not much he has to do there. And then I remembered that uh, CW loves sort of reaching back into the old, uh, you know, movies and TV shows that, uh, you know, their current shows are based off of. And did you remember that uh, uh, John Cryer actually played Lenny Luthor, um, Lex's nephew in Superman IV, The Quest for Peace? I didn't know that until I saw the article. That's I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it was a great pull. Uh, in any case, they just released the first uh, image of uh, John Cryer's Lex Luthor, and uh, I think he'll do pretty good. You know, he's mostly known as a comedic actor, but, uh, you know, in the stuff that I've seen him do on the drama side, yeah, he brings it. I think he'll be, based on that picture, I, he looks like he's going to be a pretty dang good uh, Lex Luthor for uh, the Supergirl show. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the CW shows have started bringing in more of the well-known villains and, uh, you know, side characters that, uh, you know, for a while it was, um, oh, who was the sister in the show? I know you don't watch it, but uh, for some reason I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Lena, Lena Luther, you know, she was uh, uh, one of the main characters in Supergirl, and for a while that just seemed like, okay, you know, well, they're not going to put Lex Luthor in there. You know, they're just 
sort of reaching out to some obscure Luther characters so that they still have the name recognition, and now they seem to be uh, remedying that. Uh, I look forward. I need to start making some time to watch these. They look really good. I hear great things about it. You rave about it. My friend Renee raves about it, and so many of uh, fans of the show they they talk about it too. So um, definitely, as a as as the co-host of it, I should at least know a couple of the episodes, right? <laughs> if we're gonna talk pop culture, I mean, I should totally geek out and be a part of that, as opposed yeah. to like, yeah, you know. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, it's saying that uh, he makes his first appearance in episode 15 of the current season uh, titled, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And so uh, keep your eyes open for that episode. It looks like uh, March 17th is when that airs. <clears throat> and that's when uh, Lex Luthor joins the Supergirl uh, DCCW universe. Sweet. All right. Uh, sticking in the realm of comic books. And television, originally it was announced that um, the X-Men horror movie, The New Mutants, was going to be a movie debuting uh, in April, April 13th of this year. We got a trailer for it. It looked interesting. And then sort of nothing. Didn't hear anything about it. Um, you know, it, I, I don't know if... Uh, with the whole Marvel taking Fox back over, if, if that somehow uh, played into it. But in any case, uh, it looks like it was recently announced. Let's see. Yeah, officially announced that uh, the movie itself is uh, heading over to Hulu. So you'll be able to catch Hulu? it on the streaming. <laughs> Hulu. Uh, you'll be able to catch it on the streaming service. It's uh, definitely going to be more accessible to people through that service. And I think it's a good step given the direction that, uh, you know, Fox properties and Marvel properties from Fox are headed back over to Disney. Yeah, I think uh, that trailer looked neat. And if you don't know much about the New Mutants, I... I was telling uh, Jimmy this on uh, his show, the pop culture kaboom, um, when we discussed movies that we thought were going to flop this year. And that was one of the movies I thought was going to flop, not because it was bad or it didn't look bad. I think there was just there's no support for the movie keeps getting pushed back. I don't think that's something once Disney acquires the Fox titles, that's going to be something they really want to push. Um I think going to Hulu is the right call. I think you do that, you know, kind of like how Netflix did with Bird Box. They just put it out there, and that turned out to be a success. I mean, for that movie, I don't know how well Bird Box would have done in theaters. Um, I think the buzz behind it might have helped, but um, dollar-wise, you know, um, it achieved what it should. So with uh, The New Mutants, I think it uh, finding a home on uh, Hulu for the world to see, I think, is a great, great move. If it happens. Yeah, exactly. Not only that, but, uh, you know, with the release date originally supposed to be in April, so right around the corner, and then they pushed it back to February of 20. Um... Yeah, well, nope, when they moved... I, I have that all wrong. No, it was originally supposed to be in April of last year. Yeah, then that's they bad moved it... that it got pushed that far back. Oof, yeah, then they moved it to February of this year, and then it was supposed to be pushed back to August. Um 
but it looks like now that uh, if it does go to Hulu, uh, it'll more than likely be October before we see it. Yeah, I think smart, even if this, this turns out not to be true and we have to wait till August, I think debuting it on a streaming service is a better idea. I, I really think if this movie goes to theaters, it's going to bomb hard. Yeah, it, yeah. It I really think the, char- the characters are too obscure. Uh, there's not a close enough tie-in with the X-Men movies, and uh, you know they're on their way out anyway. And we'll get to that here in a little bit as well. But uh, yeah, so if we hear any more news on it, uh, we'll be sure to update you. Yeah. But uh, as of now, it looks like uh, New Mutants, potentially heading over to Hulu. Very good. On a quick side note, and I don't want to take up a lot of rant because I know we got we got a short amount of time, but uh, I think, you know, that other movie that I pushed back from Fox, aside from the one uh, movie we'll be talking about later, is <laughs> that uh, Adelita, the the Battle Angel movie that's been yeah. in February. That thing's been pushed back a crap ton, too. It has, but it's actually getting some uh, good press and some uh, pretty good reviews. I mean, obviously, it's a, a James Cameron produced movie. Uh, he didn't direct it, but, uh, you know, it, it has some support behind it in that case. Fingers crossed, man. It's sometimes it's good to delay the movies if you're going to go back and detail them. But unfortunately, for something like New Mutants to be delayed that many times and that, yeah, that's not not a good sign. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Uh, moving from television, television movies to pure box office movies. Pure uh, box office movies on the Proton Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to uh, review this weekend's box office report, let you know uh, what the top 10 movies were, and uh, let you know if we saw any of those. And uh, as a matter of fact... <laughs> uh, the number one movie over the weekend was uh, really no surprise. It was M. Night Shyamalan's uh, sequel to Split and Unbreakable. Uh, this movie was Glass, and it uh, took in $40.5 million over the weekend. And uh, I know you're getting ready to go out and see it tonight. Yep. Correct? So by the, by the time you guys listen to this podcast, uh, I would have seen it by now. But as the time of this recording, I have not seen it. I look forward to seeing a movie about a, a glass slipper. I'm very excited about this. Ooh, you're in the... You're oh, going to the wrong about, movie. It's not nope. about a slipper? Nope. Oh. Nope. Nope. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> in, in any case, uh, I, I had a chance to see it uh, Saturday. And um, let me ask you, Tone, did you get a chance to see Split? I saw Split. I liked it. So... Going back even further to Unbreakable, Unbreakable was M. Night Shyamalan's follow-up to The Sixth Sense. And The Sixth Sense (laughs) was a movie that blew everybody away. And they figured M. Night Shyamalan was going to be this huge director. Um, But I think part of the problem was that they expected every movie that he made had that same twist to it. You know, something you never saw coming. And Unbreakable came out. And in its own right was was a very good movie, but didn't have that jaw-dropping twist. And so I enjoyed it, but that was sort of the start of M. Night Shyamalan's decline. And yeah, he had Signs and he had The Village. Both of those had somewhat of a twist to them. Um, but then he had other movies that came out after that that just were awful. We'll, we won't even talk about... Uh, um, 
was it the last airbender oh gosh yeah terrible yeah that was awful and so anything that he put out i i really wasn't amped up to see until split came out in 2017 God, I wanted to say last year, but that's now almost two years ago. Anyway, uh, Split was a great movie, mostly because of James McAvoy. The way that he could, uh, you know, dive in and out of the multiple personalities that he was portraying was amazing. I mean, he's a fantastic actor. Um, and again, Split didn't have a huge twist at the end. Um you know, it just had a, a small one basically letting you know that, uh, you know, that movie was part of the unbreakable universe. Which is which is cool. I mean, when I saw Split, it was weird that they tied that, but I recognized the characters at the end. I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, so fantastic movie. I was really excited for Glass. Uh, went into Glass, and I think my expectations were a little bit higher than uh they should have been in its own right was was a very good movie you know you still got uh, a great performance from uh james mcavoy bruce willis and uh, samuel L. jackson uh, but i think coming out of it i was expecting more and i think i was expecting sort of that big twist ending uh that i didn't quite get but in its own right was was still a very good movie and so hopefully I didn't spoil too much for you, Tone. I tried to be as vague as possible, but, uh, yeah, that's basically my take on Glass. No, that's good. That's at least telling me and the audience to kind of don't go in with the super high expectations if that's how you felt about those films. And I went into Split with um, just thinking it looked weird and uh, left pleasantly surprised. And I'll go in with low expectations because that seems to be what the general – critics have said about it as well so um and i think that's a problem you you try to combine unbreakable which is so long ago i mean vhs was the last time i honestly saw unbreakable so yeah, 19 years ago yeah so for me i don't remember everything about it i remember the basics um but split's still relatively fresh in my mind so um I'm still looking forward to it, but I'll go in with a little less expectations and I'll let you know how I felt about it. So perfect. Yeah. And going into it, um, you know, I was sort of the same way as it relates to unbreakable. Um, they did a good job of sort of bringing you back up to speed. And there were a lot of things were like, Oh yeah, that's right. I remember now. So, uh, they do a good job with that. Well, that's good. At least they do that. Cause otherwise I'm gonna have to YouTube the damn thing right after the podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> so that was number one at the box office over the weekend. Uh, number two was the um, drama, comedy, dramedy with Kevin Hart and Brian Cranston called The Upside. I've heard great things about that. Haven't had a chance to see it yet, but, uh, you know, uh, definitely one that I'd, I'd like to check out. Absolutely. That's on the uh, one movie I'd like to see as well. Uh, the third place movie was something that surprised me. I had... First of all, no idea that it was even coming out, um, but it was Dragon Ball Super Broly with $10.6 million in third place. Um, I didn't realize they were releasing a feature-length Dragon Ball movie, but uh, apparently it did pretty well. Yeah, dude, the Dragon Ball series, is uh, it's got quite a following, man. I uh, 
I don't know much about Dragon Ball Z. I did buy the fighting game last year because it looked like Marvel vs. Capcom, and it was a fantastic game. I couldn't tell you who the characters are, but um, <laughs> but it's a hell of a fighting game. Um, is it enough for me to want to watch a movie? No. But there are fans of it, obviously. It did quite well. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was shocked by that. Uh, in fourth place is a movie that's sticking in there pretty well, with good reason, uh, Aquaman, and it made oh, $10.3 yes. million. Dollars. Yeah, that that we both saw that movie. I liked it, thought it was uh, good for a DC flick. Yeah, you know, I, I had sort of the same thought process in that, that um, you know, it, it still wouldn't hold a candle to 99% of the Marvel movies, but as far as a DC movie, it's probably one of the better ones. Absolutely. Like it's better than uh, uh, Thomas Jane's Punisher and it's better than uh, Nicolas Cage's Ghost Rider movies. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's definitely pretty good. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, fifth place was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, uh, another very good movie. And uh, it won the Golden Globe for Best Animated Picture uh, during our small hiatus. Yeah, and it's also nominated for Best Animated Picture by the Academy, which we'll talk about soon. But uh, it do fantastic movie. I loved it. Yeah, so that's your top five. Basically, rounding out the top ten, you have A Dog's Way Home. Let me mm. repeat that. A Dog's Way Home. <laughs> if you've seen the trailer, you've seen the movie. <laughs> uh, seventh place was Escape Room. Eighth mm. place was Mary Poppins Returns. Surprisingly good. Good to know. Uh, yeah. ninth, ninth place was Bumblebee, which I enjoyed. I really liked it, too. And you and right. I didn't even, we'll have to talk outside of the podcast, but yeah, I didn't even, I know you saw it, but we didn't discuss it. So um, yeah, yeah, we'll have to talk about it. Off air. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, rounding out the top 10 is On the Basis of Sex, the movie about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, I'm sure very riveting, but not for our customer base. <laughs> <laughs> I got a review. It's about sex. It Let me tell that... you something, Mean Gene. No, <laughs> there's no good segue out of that one. No, no. Uh, so we'll just go into what you touch, touched about. Uh-huh. Can't talk today. Wow. <laughs> we are back. We are back. Blah, 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 blah. Rewind that back. Anyway, uh, you touched upon briefly about the Academy Awards, the Academy Awards. Wow. We're only halfway through the show, and I'm I'm already starting that downhill slope. Well, we haven't done podcasts at all this year. We're a little rusty. We are. So don't hold it against us. Absolutely. All right. The Academy Award nominations were just released, and uh, we'll quickly run through some of the candidates here, um, give quick thoughts on on what we think and uh we won't take up too much of your time on it because there's a lot to go through should we just do like the uh the best we'll do like, the big ones yeah yeah okay good yeah we don't need to do best foreign film you know <laughs> dragon ball broly <laughs> all right so uh nominations for best picture are black panther Black Klansman. I'm not familiar with that Marvel character. Um, <laughs> uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, Roma, A Star is Born, and Vice. Uh, between those, um, I've seen, let's see, one, two, three, 
I've seen three of those. I've seen Black Panther, Black Klansman, and Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, it'd be cool to see a comic book movie win it. It's but that probably happen. won't happen. Uh, I would put my money on Bohemian Rhapsody, which one was a fantastic movie and two won Best Picture uh, at the Golden Globes for its category. Yeah, uh, I loved it. I thought I thought Bohemian Rhapsody was great. So if it wins, I won't be sad. Um, I agree with you. If Black Panther uh, won, that would be fantastic, but it won't. Um, you do got those dark horse dramatic movies um, in there. Um, I've heard great things about Vice as well. I mean, I haven't seen it. I have too. And then the other thing that's interesting about this year of the Oscars is Roma, which is a Netflix movie, never even went to uh, the theaters, is considered for best picture. So Netflix is getting into the uh, into the Academy Award uh, conversation. That's crazy. That would explain why I've not heard about Roma. I had this discussion with Renee yesterday. We were talking about, you know, because she she's like, well, I got she, her goal is to see every movie that's nominated. Like, that's just her thing. And and that's awesome. And she's like, I never heard of Roma. I'll text her after the show and let her know that she can watch it tonight on Netflix. Tony Roma's. Tony Roma's presents <laughs> the art of calling plays before they happen. It's now nominated for a Best Picture with the Academy Award. Starring. Uh, starring who? Well, I, I know. I, we're just gonna starring Vice. Yeah, no, I I was going to say starring Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's uh, quickly go through the rest of these. Uh, Best Director candidates uh, nominations are Spike Lee for Black Klansman. Powell, I don't even know how to pronounce this. Powell Palakowski for Cold War. Yargos Lanthimos for The Favorite. <laughs> Alfonso Cuaron for Roma and Adam McKay for Vice. Uh, in Best Actor category, you've got Rami Malek, Bohemian Rhapsody. Christian Bale, Vice. Willem Dafoe at Eternity's Gate. Vigo Mortensen for The Green Book. And Bradley Cooper in A Star is Born. Vigo. <laughs> I think I think Rami's gonna win that one. Rami. I think so too. Not not Vigo the Carpathian. No. <laughs> All right, best actress. You've got Yalitza Apricio. Apricio. My, my favorite actress. She's <laughs> she's she's a hottie. Exactly. Uh, for Roma, Glenn Close for the wife. Lady Gaga in A Star Is Born. Olivia Coleman, the favorite, and Melissa McCarthy. Can you ever forgive me? No. I don't think Melissa's gonna win that one. No, and that's awesome that she got nominated. I don't, I don't find her great. I think it'll be the Roma chick. Um, maybe I, I think it'd be cool if Lady Gaga won. I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. I, you know, I heard it was a, a decent enough movie in its own right, but um, I think she, with some of the she did good in it. Did she? Okay. Yeah, it wasn't a bad movie. It was good. All right. Uh, best Supporting Actor, you've got Mahershala Ali for Green Book, Adam Driver in Black Klansman. Kylo! <laughs> Sam Elliott in A Star is Born, Richard oh, E. Grant, Can You Ever Forgive Me, and Sam Rockwell in Vice. I would say Sam Rockwell will probably win that one. Probably. He's a great actor anyway. Yeah. That's cool to see Sam Elliott get uh, nominated, but his supporting role, literally, he's not in the movie that much. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> no. And kudos to Kylo Ren for getting nominated. Right on. 
Uh, Best Supporting Actress, you've got Amy Adams for Vice, Marina Tavira for Roma, Emma Stone in The Favorite, Rachel Weisz in The Favorite, and Regina King if Beale Street could talk. I know Emma Stone's a favorite of yours. Yep. She's not going to win, though. I think that's the one thing with the Gold Globes. Most of the time, if they win the Golden Globe, they win the Academy. But uh, um, it's probably going to be either Amy Adams or Regina King. Makes sense. Uh, I'm going to skip over Best Original Screenplay, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Foreign Language Film, Best Documentary Film, Best Documentary Short, and go straight to Best Animated Feature Film. Ooh, I like it. Thank God. This should be an interesting one. So the nominations are for Incredibles 2, Mirai, which I'm not familiar with, Ralph Breaks the Internet, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and Isle of Dogs. The movie that saved me $60 at Disneyland. (laughs) Exactly. parking. (laughs) I mean, I I would have to put that between Incredibles 2 and Spider-Man. Absolutely. Personally, I'm hoping Spider-Man takes it because that was just a fun movie. The animation style was awesome. And uh, it'd be interesting to see a year that uh, a Pixar movie doesn't take best picture. Absolutely. Best and Incredibles animated. Incredibles 2 is fantastic. So It is. It is. Like sadly Ralph Ralph won't win. Ralph wasn't as good as the other ones. Yeah, you know, I, I enjoyed Ralph, but it wasn't as good as the first uh, you know, Wreck-It Ralph. And I don't know, you know, it was sort of a more of a straight to, you know, DVD type movie for me than it was a, <laughs> you know, a big screen. Absolutely. I was just going to say it was definitely it, it, it was like it was like those old school cheesy Disney sequels. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least with the original cast. So, uh, yeah, that uh, pretty much covers it for the nominations for the Oscars. And they're um, not going to have a host for that. Did you know that? Yeah. You know, after the whole Kevin Hart debacle, they basically decided, you know what? Nobody wants to be host anyway. Let's just not have a host. That's that's weird. It should be interesting. <laughs> they, they should have the Marvel. Like, did you realize, like, in that list of, like, uh, best uh, – let me get back over here. Um, if you look at your best uh, actor in a leading role, you have Batman, mm-hmm. Rocket Raccoon, the yep. Green Goblin. Yep. And and then you've got um, well the other two aren't in comic books but you have like Lord of the Rings and uh, and what else Mr Robot but uh, but there's just funny because there's a lot of comic book people and then when you look at actresses Glenn Close was in the Nova Corps and um at, and then um, down where Amy Adams that's Lois Lane so yep. you got some got some comic book exposure there you know you do i mean it's the it's the cool thing to do now (laughs) yeah everyone's in one yeah yeah probably better off being in a marvel comic book movie than a dc one but uh, that's just my opinion yes all right uh looking forward to next year's oscars um I mean, I I think this next movie will certainly be in the discussion (laughs) uh it was announced by kevin smith that uh, they've uh, started pre-production on Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, um, basically the next in the View Askew films. And something that 
I'm looking forward to. You know, obviously it goes back to, you know, the um, Kevin Smith movies that we grew up and love um, and gets away from some of the horror stuff that he's done that I just haven't been impressed with. No, horror is not his genre. Comedy is definitely great. Yeah, but I don't like any of his horror films. Yeah, and so um, let's see. You know, just sort of reading through. You know, obviously the last movie with them was Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, uh, about trying to make a blunt man and chronic film. And then uh, this basically is sort of a meta version of trying to reboot that um at least the theme of this movie is that and uh sort of goes back into what's been happening these days with comic book movies that uh for a while nobody wanted anything to do with them they were terrible for the most part and then all of a sudden now everybody wants to be a part of it yeah well and what was cool is i saw it's been almost a year since i saw kevin smith do his stand-up here in denver yeah, uh, with uh, Jason Mewes, and they did. Uh, they actually acted out a scene from the upcoming movie, so I got to see a live version of the scene for it, and it's going to be hilarious. <laughs> well, the good news is that uh, they didn't start filming it yet, uh, so that you know Kevin Smith he's lost a ton of weight. It's not like he'd have to go back and do reshoots of like here's heavy Kevin Smith and here's skinny Kevin Smith. Oh yeah, he's lost so much weight. Which is good. I mean, obviously, he had that heart attack early last year, um, and he's gone completely vegan, swears by it, and uh, he's looking good. Yo, I agree. He's um, and good for him. I but I'm happy that he's going back to the uh, View Askew universe because that's what made you and I fans of that, and I'm sure lots of others that are listening to the show. So we look forward to it and uh, can't wait. Hopefully, it doesn't turn out to be like all his other projects he's announced over the years like clerks three and mall rats two and none, <laughs> none of those ever came to fruition so yeah they all just sort of disappeared but uh looks like this is the one that's gotten the furthest at least along in the process and uh it's more than likely happening well we'll, we'll stay tuned for it for sure <laughs> all right uh, another movie coming out next year that we've talked uh, quite a bit about is the um, sequel to Zombieland, Zombieland 2. And, uh, you know, obviously something we're really looking forward to. Uh, we love the filmmakers, uh, Paul Wernick and Rhett Reese, um, who wrote it. And then one of my favorite things about the first movie was the Bill Murray cameo. Uh, it was hilarious. It was out of the blue. Had no idea it was coming. And so they've announced with Zombieland 2... Um, at least not announced, but it's rumored that uh, not only Bill Murray, but also Dan Aykroyd uh, will be making a cameo in this film. That'll be great. If everything goes, I mean, what way to come out of left field with this just last week. I mean, it legit was like, hey, this is, uh, you know, Jason Reitman. And uh, guess what? I'm doing Ghostbusters 3 or or whatever they end up calling it. But. It, the fact that it's going to be a direct sequel to one and two, it's uh, it's it's pretty awesome, man. Um, did you did you just move from talking about uh, Zombieland two to the Ghostbusters announcement? Yeah, yeah, I totally <laughs> did. Wow, <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. We're talking Dan Aykroyd and all that. Yeah, you know. I, 
I can see. I dropped. Where... I, dra- I dropped the ball on it. So <laughs> I kind of, kind of premature uh, blew the blew uh, uh, the next topic. I think or oh, buddy, <laughs> it was out of sorts. My zombie land. Um, I I didn't click on it because I thought it was the Ghostbuster one. Oh, <laughs> this podcast is a train wreck today. Ah, but, that's okay. It's the no, first one back. Let, let me get back into it. Blah, 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 blah. So with it being like, I think the whole fact of the bringing the cast back for Zombieland too is is awesome. And and if they could, you know, bring Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray back into it somehow, um, I'm curious to see how this all unfolds. It's been a while since Zombieland has come out, so it'll be neat to see how uh, that all gets together. It's in good hands. Comes out October 11th this year, so we've got a little ways to wait for it. But uh, you know, it, I think it'll be a treat. I do too. I I I can't wait. The first Zombie Land was so good. I just hope they start out with another Metallica song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, for whom the Beltos was like the perfect way to start. Like maybe they'll do uh, Master of Puppets or Creeping Death or something. That'd be sweet. <laughs> All right, moving on, uh, Tony buried the lead with it, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. I got lost in it. It's okay. It's all right. Tab, my tabs weren't separated well enough. <laughs> in, in any case, uh, one of the most exciting announcements to come out in a while was the surprise announcement that uh, Ghostbusters 3 is being made. Not the Paul Feig all-female cast one which has its own issues in its own right but this one is being directed by jason reitman who is ivan reitman's son obviously ivan reitman directed the uh first two ghostbuster movies and uh not only did they announce that it was being made but they also followed it up with a uh, little teaser trailer which uh, honestly gave me goosebumps i mean it had you know the the eerie theme it had you know all of the sound effects Obviously didn't show anything about the movie, but was enough to get me pumped for the movie. Me too. And this is where I just, this, I blew what I just told you earlier, you know, the fact that Ivan Reitman's son, Jason, will be helming it. Um, did you know that he was actually the kid in part two? You know, when um, when Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson are doing the the little birthday party and they're dancing to the Ghostbusters theme song. and He-Man! Yeah. He-Man! So, yeah, during that part. But, you know, the kid that says, my dad says you're full of crap. Like That that's, was Jason? That's Jason Reitman as a kid. Yep. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so fun fun little fact there. But, uh, oh, man, I, I got, I'm like you, I got goosebumps. When I saw that, I go, what? I'm like, it's going to take place? Like, like they're going to actually acknowledge what Ghostbusters 1 and 2 did? See, and that's where the female version could have gotten right. They said, oh, this doesn't exist in the same universe, but yet they're using the same theme song and the same logo, and and then they brought back the cast as cameos of just people, of different people that weren't, I just, I hated it. I, <laughs> I did, I hated it. I did too. A lot of people liked it, and, and God bless them. And I know Leslie Jones is all up in arms too, and it's like, well, Forget you being uh, added in as a cameo in this movie there, sweet cheeks. Yeah, I didn't see that happening anyway. But, uh, you know, with any luck, and they haven't announced it yet, uh, I would expect to see um, Dan Aykroyd, 
Bill Murray, Sigourney Weaver, Ernie Hudson. Um, obviously, we won't see Harold Ramis unless they bring him back as a ghost, which would be awesome. But uh, the Hollywood Reporter actually gave out a few tidbits, uh, not only on who the characters are going to be for this film, but also the plot. And so the plot, as it says, uh, focuses on a family who moves back home to a small town. Uh, while there, they begin to learn more about who they are and the secrets of the town itself. Doesn't give a whole lot away, but uh, it looks like it takes it out of New York City um, and into a small town, probably outside of New York. Yeah, I can't wait because that, that's a different from what I've heard. I heard it does take place in New York on a different site. And they said uh, we'll have, you know, the teen um, characters is definitely that seems to be a thing. Um, but it turns out um, they said one of the girls will end up being like uh, Egon's uh, daughter or something like that. Okay. And uh, and rumor they might get Rick Moranis to pop in. So oh, that would be awesome. So we'll see, man. We'll see. I I don't want to be spoiled on it. I just want to see that that teaser trailer is exactly how you do trailers. Yep. Yeah. And to put Leslie Jones put Leslie Jones at ease. Uh, you know, she was one of the reasons she was up in arms is because they were discounting an all female one, and she was going to get upset if it was going to be all men again. Um, they basically said that. The four main characters are going to be teenagers, two boys, two girls. So it'll be politically correct enough for uh, this current era of uh, snowflakes. Snowflake, <laughs> Gen Snow, Snow Gen. Yeah, yeah. My my guess is they would be of a bunch of different ethnicities just to appease that. Um, but I have a feeling it's in fantastic hands with Jason Reitman. Oh, I'm excited. I cannot wait. It's going to be good. Uh, Tony, have we already posted the teaser trailer on our Facebook page? Um, We have not, but I can definitely do that while we're on here. Actually, we did. We did post it before well, the podcast. Yeah, it got posted last week. When cool. It launched. Yeah. So if you want to see what we're talking about, you want to get goosebumps like us, go ahead and check it out uh, on our Facebook page, Proton Pack Podcast. All right. A movie that we spoke briefly about earlier in the show, um, being pushed back, being phased out, is X-Men Dark Phoenix. And uh, it is the final movie, the final chapter in the Brian Singer string of X-Men movies that have run the gamut from really pretty good to, eh, okay. (laughs) In any case, uh, this one is... uh, obviously centered around Jean Grey becoming Dark Phoenix, uh, which was already approached in the third X-Men, X-Men The Last Stand. Hopefully it'll be treated a little bit better than that. But, uh, you know, the first word coming out on this movie is that it is fantastic four-level bad. And so that doesn't give me high hopes. Yeah, I got a feeling, yeah, when they said it was going to be that bad, um it worries me. A, this is a big storyline to tackle. Um, the fact that it's been pushed back and delayed and delayed. Um, I mean, Days of Future Past was fantastic. And then Apocalypse was just okay. I got a bad feeling about this. I'm going to go see it, and I got a feeling it's going to do really bad. 
but I'm 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 still I'm an X-Men guy, so I'm 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 on board. I'm excited to see it. It's just I don't think it's going to do really well either. Yeah, you know, I'm again not super excited about it. I'll go see it. Uh, you know, at the end of X-Men Apocalypse, they teased the Jim Lee style 90s costumes, which it looks like based on the trailers, they've completely gone away from uh to some really terrible um, you know, blue with giant yellow X's on them. Uh, it, maybe it's a good thing that uh, this version of X-Men is disappearing. Right. Well, and Brian Singer doesn't have anything to do with this one, right? Like he was a no. part of that whole Me Too thing, so he went bye-bye. Yeah, yeah. Did you know he, because he directed Bohemian Rhapsody and all that, but... Well, he got the directing credit, but he actually left halfway through production. And somebody came in, finished it up, finished the editing. Um, you know, like I said, Brian Singer still got the credit for it, but uh, he, you know, was only career. involved in, in half of it. And, yeah, his career is pretty much gone at this point. Yeah, he, he's definitely a Thanos snapped. <laughs> he's dust. Now, thinking, speaking of Thanos snaps and the X-Men franchise, uh, we all know that Disney has reacquired Fox, which means that they've reacquired the X-Men properties. Oh, uh, boy. Hi, <laughs> Wolverine. <laughs> Kevin Feige was out uh, towards the end of last year, beginning of this year, uh, doing a whole bunch of press and said that we may see X-Men entering the Marvel Cinematic Universe within six months or so. So with that being said, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it right here, right now, I would expect that the end credit scene at the end of the next Avengers, uh, Avengers Endgame, will tease the introduction of mutants and the X-Men into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's a good guess. That would be the best time to do it. It is. You know, that Avengers movie closes out the current phase of Marvel movies, and it'd be a great way to start up the next phase. Gosh, I, I'm excited. And, and it's in good hands with Kevin Feige, man. It's going to be great. Oh, I, I don't expect they'll keep any of the actors from, uh, you know, the Fox series of X-Men mm, movies. I think yeah, they'll be cast. It's time up. to end those. Yeah, exactly. But I think it's in great hands. I would love to see, you know, at the end of the next phase or, or the phase after that, an Avengers versus X-Men movie which uh, would be amazing. It would. You know what I would like, though, if they're going to keep any of the X-Men characters, which I'm sure they won't, but God, it'd be awesome if they just kept Hugh Jackman as Wolverine because the dude's still in killer shape, man. He is. He is. I think he's getting a little old to carry a series of movies. You know, obviously one of the reasons that they're starting to phase out, like Robert Downey Jr. Um, but, yeah, it'd be interesting. I don't know who could potentially take up that Wolverine mantle, um, given the job that Hugh Jackman did. Well, I trust I trust the Marvel, uh, the people in charge of Marvel now uh, with Disney, because I mean, you look at that with Spider Man, how many times they recasted that, and they hit they hit it out of the park with Tom Holland. What a killer Spider Man! Definitely, and Dude's on the an next excellent Peter Parker. Yeah. On the next show, we'll talk more about uh, Far From Home and the trailer that was released for that. Um, we just didn't have enough time in this one. But uh, yeah, you know, they uh, even that being a Sony movie with Marvel's input, um, 
looks amazing. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's. I can't wait to talk about it next week on our uh, weekly trailer talk, Spider-Man Far From Home. Yep. All right. Uh, last story of the podcast. We talked about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now we're talking about the crash of the DC Cinematic Universe. As uh, the nerd world turns, it's another DC story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's no secret that uh, we haven't been fans of what DC's been trying to do with the shared DC universe in, in trying to interweave all of their characters and movies together. Uh, they've really treated it haphazardly. And uh, the group chairman for Warner Brothers, Tommy. Uh, Toby Emmerich basically came out and said the studio has turned a corner, uh, all based around Aquaman's success. Uh, they're basically saying at this point that uh, their playbook looks a lot different. Uh, they're far less focused on a shared universe, and now they're just taking one movie at a time, um, basically adding that each film is its own equation uh, and its own creative entity, which I think is probably the best move for them right now. Um, given how poorly they tried to do the shared universe in the past. Oh, well, what a, what a, what a, what a concept. Let's not try to be like Marvel. Let's try to make our own thing. And let's, they didn't even have freaking Batman or Superman anymore. So they really just, they don't need to tie any of these movies. They should just be separate, their own thing. Yeah. That, you know, it. It, <laughs> I think they have the right idea, you know, down the road, if they, they do it right, if they find a, a huge hit with, you know, either a lesser known character, or they bring back, you know, obviously they're working on the Matt Reeves version of Batman. Um, I'm Batman. You know, that would be awesome to, to reapproach it in a different way. But in the meantime, let these movies stand on their own, let them either rise or fall in their own right. And uh, I think, DC movies will be better received than uh, they had in the past. And obviously the next big one is Shazam, which I think looks absolutely hilarious. Right. Well, and you know, what's great too, is they should um, just kind of go back and do the, do your history, man. The Tim Burton Batman's, those were great. Uh, the Christopher Nolan Batman's great. Just, you can do your own stories. You don't need a shared universe you, you don't need it yeah um speaking of the tim burton batmans and uh hearkening back to kevin smith uh he recently put out i don't know if it was social media or whatever it was an idea that i think would be fantastic and it would be having michael keaton reprise his role as bruce wayne but an older bruce wayne for a batman beyond movie that would be awesome i did see that on social media I mean, brilliant. I think it would make a ton of money. Um, you know, it, it creates a whole new Batman franchise, and it brings back probably one of the best Bruce Waynes uh, that there's been. I th I think so, too. Um, it would definitely draw a lot of interest, and how awesome would that be? It'd be, it'd be great. Yeah, yeah. So in any case, uh, that does it for our first podcast back of the new year uh it was a little bit of train wreck but uh we recovered we're back on track we, next we'll, week we'll be back on ready to roll we won't talk about movies ahead <laughs> ahead of script <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, in any case, uh, one of the things we forgot to do was uh, really give a shout out to where we can be found on social media. Um, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Proton Pack Podcast, Instagram forward slash Proton Pack Podcast. Um, share your thoughts, give us feedback, share comments, tag us, post us. And we'll bring back a video game talk next week, too. You got some video games coming out that we need to discuss. Most definitely. Oh, yes. (laughs) That does it this week. Uh, Till next week. uh, We will see you then.